due to ignorance. But you might uh, really take a look at ignorance. Greetings in the name of the Most High. Is that Daniel here? Is that for Bort? Um, is ignorance a sin? And it's a good question. Uh, it's um, some people that look at one Corinthians fourteen thirty eight says if anyone does not know he will not be known. So therefore, ignorance is a sin in this context. Not one of the big listed sins, but ignorance is, you know, just imagine an entire population of people doing willful ignorance, and it's just as much of a sin as willful evil, willful knowledge that will take out another person or hurt somebody or hurt something. Okay, so both are equally sin. And so the population being willfully ignorant. They're not ignorant on purpose. We've, it's, I mean, I, I'd love to say they are ignorant. You know, I would love to say they are ignorant and uh, they're stupid and all that, but, you know, in the very, the, there was a decision somewhere along the line where they decided to go along to get along and they were just going to be pulling the blinders over. So, um, Ignorance is uh, uh, dangerous. MLK. Nothing in the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance than conscientious stupidity. Now, that's beautifully said. Conscientious stupidity. There is a phrase for you, Trish. Conscientious stupidity. The idea that you would be ignorant of the truth and you would be diligent about it. You would be uh, you defending or defensive. You would be deluded. Hence, I played the song. And um, what overcomes ignorance? Well, you understand. Ignorance cannot be overcome with the, the, the thing of man. Uh, there's a ignorance quote from Goodreads here, and it says that uh, you can overcome ignorance by um, feeding your mind with digestible information. Wrong. Ask yourself honestly, yet sometimes uncomfortable questions. Wrong. Become a super forecaster by collaborating with others. Wrong. Constantly look for alternative opinions. Absolutely wrong. Curb the impulse to assign judgments to events. Completely wrong. I couldn't be more wrong here, and yet this is what the internet instructs people to do at goodreads.com to overcome ignorance. There's your list of 
five things to do to be smart. So they haven't got a clue. Um, in Ephesians 4.18, they're darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Due to, now, a lot of people leave that off. Due to their hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. That is the cause of their ignorance. Hard heart. Willful stupidity. Larry Fink. Bill Gates. Yuval Noah Harari. WEF. UN. Global leaders. All. Hard hearts don't give a damn about life and all willfully what? Ignorant. Woefully ignorant because it will be counted to them for sin. No, well, good luck getting out of it. They're so deep in it. It's, uh, their minds are full of darkness, it goes on to say. And they wander from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. Now, there's the more specific understanding. They've hardened their hearts, yes, but against what? Against God. What's God? Truth. What's Jesus? Truth. So they harden their hearts against Jesus, truth. So they embrace everything that is not truth, i.e., through their ignorance, they are saved. Through rejection of God, they are saved. Through rejection of God, they are not ignorant anymore. They are enlightened. Of course, that's wrong. Through rejection of God, i.e. rejection of truth, hardening their hearts, they become uh, conscientiously ignorant. Dutifully stupid. And that is the judgment against mankind. Ignorance. And Jesus said, my people per- perish due to ignorance. But he's not saying they, they're just dumb. He's saying they perish due to their embrace of ignorance and their rejection of God. What's that? Well, lack of knowledge by blocking it from coming in. Lack of knowledge by rejecting the Lord and rejecting everything the Lord has to say. So therefore, they cannot know the truth. They will only know ignorance. And so the entire globe is drowning in ignorance, which begins with hardness of heart toward God. So now we're looking forward to the the bowl the big game. And we now have the, the PSYOP, Taylor Swift and her little boyfriend who's been on every magazine cover and every news cover and covered everywhere. Kelsey. And, and, and you know, her interest in him has skyrocketed him to stardom. It, it couldn't happen unless people are ignorant and stupid. Unless, 
They're really stupid, but they must be willfully stupid. They must be stupid intentionally in order to get the judgment. That is, you're marked for death. And that's what happens. They're marked for death. These are marked for death. You know, whenever they die, it will be like as if they were just cut down the street and 20 years old. It will be the same thing. Dying in ignorance doesn't matter what age it is you die. Yeah, he was a ripe old age. <laughs> no, he was ignorant like he was when he was 18. There was no progression, no growth, no grappling, no connection to God, no connection to truth, no connection to reality, no connection to anything meaningful. And then he died. He might as well have died at 18. Done. And how do you think they justify it? They're going to kill half the earth for depopulation purposes because they say, well, they're useless eaters. That's right, because what have they done? What have they done? That, that is anything that would be close to merit. Nothing in most cases, unless they're going after, you know, true Christians, real, uh, you know, real people that really have the, the spirit of God and have embraced it and have gone that, that way and have made that decision in the valley of decision and have made the decision to go with the Lord. Here's something interesting. Ignorance begets confidence. What do you think of that? Ignorance, you don't know what you don't know, therefore you assume you know. And confidence can be very convincing. Which is why ignorant people can be so persuasive. They are convinced and we are swayed by their conviction. How many of these shysters come along? Ignorance is the root of all evil. By misapprehending reality, people create so much suffering for themselves and others. And so often is the case that the ones doing evil believe, through their ignorant way of thinking, that they are on the right track. They believe they're on the right track and take everybody with them until they wake up one day and find out they're wrong, wrong, wrong. There really is a plan to kill us all. There really is evil in the world. There really is a need for protection by the Most High God. If there's no other reason to embrace God, maybe fear would be one. I'm afraid of what could happen to me. You know? And people say, well, what, what's happened to you? You already, I think it was Keltner that was telling me that I was under attack. 
And I appreciate you folks praying for me, too. Thank you. And I really need that because I got, you know, basically every single thing that could be wrong with a person pretty much is, you know, has hit me. And the assessment from the spiritual experts is it's all an attack. And I have, there's, you know, I'm thinking about that one, uh, you know, and of course it's an attack. And it's other things too. What was I doing? Where was my discernment? How did I walk into that mess? And there, there's another part that says, let it go. Anyone could have done that. It's not your fault. But, you know, this is the kind of stuff that just takes people out. And then I'm thinking, well, 70 years, not bad. You know, if God wants to take me, go ahead. But then again, God seems to not want to take me. Right? Or I wouldn't be here now talking to you. So there's, there's in trying to get to the truth of the matter, right, I'm looking at all these factors. Does God want to break my will? Well, uh, I seem to have no ambition right now. My latest blood test I had failed. Uh, came up anemic. Red blood cell count nowhere to be found. Needing to get back on oxygen. And so it's it's a mess. It's a mess, and I've got to... And I got to build it back one step at a time. And it's just really too bad. And the mess, I guess, now I'm cleaning up the damage they did to me in the hospital. I am also preparing Chapter 12 for publication of Angels versus Witches. So those of you who have been, you know, supporting me there at Substack, that's a good place for me to to have the Zeph Daniel hub for the future. And uh, I know a lot more about the hospital now having been, been, uh, having, been having two tours of duty. Uh, I can tell you a lot more. But we're going to wind this story up. It's going to be very exciting. And, uh, you know, I, in talking to our folks at uh, Crazed House and talking to Larry, he's not adverse to uh, getting, you know, because, you know, the lead character is Zeph, right? Me at my age. But it's not me exactly because it's a me that has military background, law enforcement background, uh, hunting down human traffickers, going to war with cartels. That's in my, you know, that that's in my... It didn't happen for real, but it's in my fiction past as my character. So that makes the character very exciting. He's retired. He is retired. He is retired. But now he's having to summon his skills, and they're trying to get him to kill the uh, one person or another. God knows who it's going to be, and they're calling it a favor from... 15 years ago. 
Who's they? Well, it looks like it's God. You know, with a messenger of a couple of holy angels. But is it? How about discernment? One wrong move, man. You can get your ass kicked. And, you know, needless to stay, I'm still not walking because I have a weakness there. And uh, I tend to fall over, and uh, so we can't have that. And uh, so I'm still relegated to a wheelchair, even though I've gotten stronger in my legs. Things are, you know, slowly coming back, and I started with iron supplements and, and laxatives. <laughs> you know, for for uh, to build back the uh, the iron deficiency, and then we've got kidneys we're watching, and I've got to go into the nephrologist place because it's looking like uh, things are slipping. So it's uh, not fun, but we're gonna then and then there's the whole natural path which I'm you know headlong into with the right you know compounds herbs vitamins you know to really kind of boost health and it's uh, it's amazing how things degenerate in a hospital but most hospitals are run on ignorance doctors don't know medicine some do but most have their own little area of expertise it doesn't you know and and there's side effects so you know that's something that uh, I'm having to to deal with and my conclusion at this point is you know deal with them to the extent they can save your life but then do have a natural path of healing you know what I mean? Do do have a natural path of supplements and food and let food be the cure and, you know, don't just trash yourself. You know what I mean? Because in it's funny, in the hospital they have no emphasis on anything healthy to eat. The meals suck. The the drugs they give you suck. And so there's no no attention paid at all to supplements. It's really quite something, and that's every major hospital. So it's it's really a racket. They even threw out the supplements that I had for you when you moved from. Right, right. They threw out. They took the supplements. They raided my bag and threw them out. Or stole them. Or they stole them for themselves. Which, of course, in a situation like that. Where you have totalitarian witches, uh, I'm sorry, nurses, posing as helpers, but all they really want to do is have power. And, uh, you know, they're there in droves waiting for you to be under their control. And then they want to basically strip you down of every last dignity you've got. And what you've got to do is be strong in the Lord. Or that or you will 
I guess, just wind up being a milky toast, panty waste. Good luck. Uh, the cost of ignorance is the world we have today. The, 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 the perpetration of ignorance goes on in schools and in uh, departments of, you know, everything from anthropology to physics to, uh, you know, to, to biology to mathematics. All of them fail because, again, they get into their own compartments. And once you become compartmentalized like that, you, you fail to be, you know, to really deal with the world as it is. Everything becomes theoretical. And when it's theoretical, it, it can't, you know, you can apply it and say, isn't that an interesting factoid? You know, and, and uh, when it does become real, you know, you know knowledge in schools and things, when, when there is truth, it gets relegated, it gets somewhat politicized in that, you know, they don't want you to follow the obvious answer, which is to fight against the system. They want you to conform to the system, and they want another graduate that they can, you know, vouch for out there that will go get a job, take care of his family, and shut the F up. And, of course, that's, you know, involved with that, involved with the tradition of the satanic ritual of graduation is the denial of God and the exaltation of the student as, you know, the burgeoning master. And it is, uh, it's insane. One would wonder, how do we make it this far without complete total annihilation? And yet, when you cry out, Oh Lord, the ignorance, is there no way to make them see? The Lord says, It's up to them. They have free will. We're stuck in this situation. Jesus was stuck in the same situation, the very same one. What do we do? A lot of people think that ignorance is still an excuse. Well, I can tell you that ignorance is no excuse. And even legally, it's not much of an excuse. So I, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do about a Larry Fink. He's willfully ignorant. He's actually stupid, along with his buddy Gates and the rest of them. They sound like demented children when they talk, especially Gates. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's just drunk on power. But he can hurt you. And yet he walks around uh, worshipped, though it's clear he's done many wrong things. Romans 5.14 The offense committed in ignorance 
or in willful ignorance is just as abominable as one done with knowledge. Hello. So when you see your town, Satan Fay, don't call it anything else. It's, it deserves its moniker. It's actually a willfully ignorant place. Santa Fe, New Mexico. Well, from the Cross of the Martyrs, which I explain in great detail in my book. And by the way, my book is live on Substack and coming along, but what you end up seeing there is, you know, really the rough draft. And then, of course, after that, there's the drafts to get it ready for publication, which is, which is a lot more work and... and stuff, you're getting the really raw, you know, raw truth there, and, and a lot of you seem to really like that. You're getting it right off the press. And and I'm, I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of that at all. What I do have is a lack of energy due to my anemia, and it's not my anemia, but anemia, a really bad case of it. And uh, so, you know, we don't have the, the, the turbo motor going. And um, I anticipate we're going to be addressing this with supplements. And uh, I've got a couple of good ones coming. And, you know, one's called a blood builder. And apparently for my friend, it really worked. He took the blood builder and the doctor actually told him, hey, that competes with the treatment I gave you, which you got an IV of iron. And that took care of him for like a year. But this blood builder was just as strong. So this I'm getting. And some other little secrets. Some other secret... uh, you know, just just to try to build myself back. Now that I understand what's wrong, and now that I understand I can't just um, eat stupidly and eat like I did in the hospital, which was just, you know, it was horrible. <laughs> horrible. They, they I, I just wondered if, you know, do, do they care at all about uh, health? And the answer, of course, is no. They're stupid. They're dumb. And uh, they may be smart in treating blood pressure and treating heart disease and lung disease and this disease and that disease, but in terms of health, they're not wise. And they're not communicative. And they're willfully, conscientiously, as MLK says, conscientiously ignorant. And that's the cost of ignorance. Your country, the Super Bowl, is a great example of a ritual to honor ignorance in every form that it has. And, uh, you know, so far I understand Taylor Swift will be there cheering on her boyfriend. And all the things you want to see will be right there.
Kansas City versus the 49ers, is it? Well, that should be boring. My prediction, well, don't listen to me. I'm usually wrong on these things, but, uh, you know, everyone's going to want Kansas City to win. So I say it's probably going to be the tough 49ers, and everyone hates San Francisco. Are they still from San Francisco? I don't know. I've lost complete touch. I, mean, I don't care. But I don't think, right, with Joe Montana, remember, in the 49ers, with, that's back when he had celebrities playing football. You know, Jerry Rice, right? Uh, long time ago. But in terms of who will win, it's probably going to go to the opposite side. Because that's where the bookies make the money, maybe. They make the money, they make the bookie make the money when it goes the opposite way of the crowd, don't you see? Then they make big bank. Oh, yes. <laughs> the old game continues. Right, Trish? I'm not going to watch. Nah, I'm not going to watch either. What I want to do is I want to get back in the studio and try to you know, build my health back with uh, the right targeted foods and just, you know, try to get walking again and, you know, just all kinds of things I got to do. I don't have to do, but I mean, it's be good if I could do them. Um, I told you we're restoring uh, Angel's Tide. The film I found in my garage... When I came back out to the to the to do a film, and uh, I said, "Well, I guess I'm not done yet." So 20 years later, I walked out of you know my 30 years later. Here I am doing it again. 30 years later, and so far, I wish I could show you the. The picture, the way it looks going through, uh, you know, restoration with some really talented people in uh, Barcelona. And what they're doing is they're running it through AI. And it, some of it looks like a Rembrandt painting. I mean, it's, 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 but it's what I composed. That was my first time directing. And um, I wrote the script with an emphasis. If anyone there can figure out I can give you a key to figuring out the dialogue. Dialogue is very mathematical. And it, it, it's all double entendre. But it would be hard for people to see that. See, I mean, it would just seem like normal dialogue, right? Oh, this is normal. It's not normal. It's all designed to, to, to create this tension between death and life. And um, my daughter plays the angel of death. She's about four years old. And then Trisha's the lead, and she's... Everybody says, like, you know, the people, the producers we have and um, some sales agents and other people have said that it's a, an amazing performance. It's like, yeah, you're not going to get that again. That's a one-time thing right there. And uh, she was that character unlikable as she she could be but 
the one redeemable thing, the one likable thing about the character is she's hit with a three-month death sentence. And I find it interesting that here I am, myself in my condition, working on this film project about death. And it's all, with my daughter in it, and, you know, it's all very, very interesting. But anyway, it's, um, it's going to screen in, in Berlin in uh, about a week and a half. And uh, I'm really comfortable with that because it looks and sounds so good. It's not the final mix. It's not my final tweaks. I have final things that, you know, if, if I take the helm as a director, it's going to be very specified, you know what I mean? So there's some specific things I want added. But we don't need to add those really until later. And then i got to redo the credits. Uh, because the people that were there before, they're not the ones doing the restoration and all the, uh, you know. So I think we got to figure out how we're going to do that. I think maybe I'll do a two-minute video where I just basically introduce the film and explain that it was... It was there for 30 years in the garage, gathering dust. But we happened to have a print, a show print of my final cut. A show print of my final cut. And um, it's a big 35 millimeter print in two big canisters. And it was converted to 4K. And then from there, it was then bumped up to 12K with AI and then brought back down to 4K again with all that detail. So now it just looks, well, it looks like what we filmed. Let's put it that way. It looks um, way better than most films today because it began with 35 millimeter stock. And I believe we use Kodak, if anyone's asking. Not that whether Fuji was better than Kodak, I don't know. I used Kodak, I was very happy with it. Had a lot of range. We could stop down that camera and get some nice glow of, you know, faces and candles and things, and then we could open it up and have it nice and dry, like, a, you know, getting regular daylight. You know, it was, it, it had a lot of range to it. So that was, you know, Nice, anyway. So that was the side of me. And, and I, I often wonder, am I just bringing this out because I'm wrapping things up? Because it's the end for me? You know what I mean? How, how people wrap things up so they can go on? And I wonder. I, I, I mean, it is curious to be working on a film about the end of one's life. And that person being played by your wife with your daughter in it who's already dead. And so I'm, I'm like, Lord, are you trying to tell me something here? I don't know. It's really strange, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to finish it. And like I say, it's going to screen a... Uh, 2K version, I think, um, uh, from a Blu-ray DVD is going to screen in, in a smaller theater in Berlin. And uh, from there, we'll have a pretty good idea of, of which way to go with it. I've already had an offer 
uh, Vary had an offer for distribution for North America. So that's, that I can always take up. Uh, but I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm looking for probably restoration. You know what I mean? Putting it in the festivals, let's say. And having it go around the festivals and having it be tied in with my documentary and about how I came to write society and then, then here was this, just sitting there for 30 years. I, am I just wrapping things up, folks? Or is this, a, is this a restoration to bolster strength? Bolster strength. Ha <laughs> ha, Trish chimes in. Bolster strength. It could be. I can tell you one thing. Uh, I'd, I never cried so much as watching this damn film. Every other, you know, thing that happens is a tearjerker. But it's it's not like obvious tear jerking, you know, I hate to put it that way. Tear jerking, jerking off tears. No, it's it just catches you without you, you know, it just catches you when you're not ready for it. That's that's the thing the way you try to guard yourself against falling into uh crying. And it, it, it grabs you because there's a lot of truth of life in it. And it's something we all face. We have universal... And, and how many films are out there about a death? Not many. Some, there's some. I saw one, I, I, I guess it was a Chilean film, or it might have been a... I don't know, shoot, could have been... Was it a Guatemalan film? Anyway, it was about a plane that crashed in the, in the snow in the Andes. And... Um, they all had to deal with the idea of death, of each other dying, and they were all trying to take care of each other as they were dying one by one. Really gritty. But that was not the same thing as a person that's grappling with it, who's fighting it, openly fighting that three-month death sentence. So I find it to be pretty interesting in that way, I think. As I look at it now, I think it's really grown well with age it seems that age has improved it you know tremendously so you know this was me it's funny the people working on the poster they uh, they said well this is the first greatest house film we can actually watch because they're not into horror you know so and, uh, and they said I was a good director so that's good I'm did have a dream of being a director at one point. I directed two films. And then my own personal problems and the old gang stalking thing, okay? The gang stalking thing, it, and, and drugs and, and, and persecution and gaslighting brought it all to a stop. And I never, and I was actually destroyed from being able to have my shot. You know, except for now. Right? So it's kind of a big deal with me personally as a rite of passage. But um, that rite of passage should have been granted to me back then. 
And it, I learned that the world was so mean and so rotten and so disgusting that they couldn't afford an earnest hard worker, me, the chance to follow through and to, you know, finish my destiny, whatever I thought that was. So my destiny became surviving gang stalking, you know, surviving Los Angeles, moving somewhere safe, uh, trying to, uh, you know, exposing all the double-dealing snakes out there. And, and, you know, not anything that I had planned on doing, but things that, the, you know, and, and, you know, meeting the Lord, obviously, giving myself to God, and then heading out on his purposes, which eventually came back to my original purpose, but I no longer see it as a rite of passage or a, you know, the idea of doing a couple of films, directing a couple of indie films, and then parlaying that into, you know, a TV series or a, you know, what people do, right? How people are, right? They parlay it into some something in the system so they can get paid. But... Um, that didn't happen. Instead, we got, uh, like I said, the gang stalking came in. Just as soon as I proclaimed, the Lord was my shepherd, I shall not want. At that very moment came the gang stalkers. When I say gang stalkers, I mean demons from hell. People that otherwise seem normal suddenly showed a side, a demonic side. And, you know, they sought to ruin us. Whether it be legally, I mean, they've, they've, they've set us up for lawsuits and audits from the IRS, all kinds of nasty, illegal, and, you know, legal proceedings and all kinds of things that, that just based on the warfare alone. But again, folks, I had no idea I was living in a little bit of a fool's paradise in the sense that I didn't think anything was going to happen to me if I was just happily barreling along, making my films and writing my screenplays. I thought, you know, I'm basically running the show. I thought that uh, I'd be at least left alone and with enough space to do that, but that's not the case. We were not left alone. Our career was destroyed. Period. And um, I think maybe this whole thing is a way to forgive and forget also. To just, because, you know, right now it doesn't seem very important. You know, I mean, it is important. But it's, not important like it was back then, right? Where art was more precious. You, uh, your endeavors are really precious. Oh, I love what you do, man. It's really precious. And what we learned, of course, is that nothing is precious except for the 
God, God's word and God's will and God's person, the person of God. Other than that, forget about it. The world is an evil, sick place. And there's people out there that they see you're doing something. I don't care whether you have a, a pig sty where you're raising pigs. They're going to try to break it up and destroy it unless you agree to, uh, you know, bow down. You know what I mean? Pay insurance. Pay the devil. Unless you're willing to pay the devil, they keep coming. And in the end, what do they want to do? They want you dead is what they want, and they hate you. But when you, if you go over to their side, they suddenly love you. But it's really conditional, isn't it? It's not really love. It's based on what have you done for me lately. And they have tremendous supernatural powers. I mean, the Mandela effect should give you an idea of what they can do. But they can do it way more broadly and way more instantaneously. Like, you can be in one store or one place meeting with somebody and that place isn't the place you think it is. Or the people you're talking to aren't the people you think they are. That's how good it is. That's how good their sorcery is. Very bad. Very bad. And um, so, never shied away from a fight. Challenge accepted. You want to bring it? Go ahead and see what you can do. Of course, now I'm on the warpath. You know, definitely. I'm ready to rebuke, cast out, and destroy any demon, any demon possession, anything like that. Definitely on the warpath here. And last thing about ignorance. Um... You can sin through ignorance and there are sins committed in ignorance. Actual sins. And uh, in Ezekiel 45.20 it talks about how everyone who has sinned unintentionally uh, or in ignorance. So it's about sinning through ignorance. A lot of the Bible is dedicated to this. Because it's such a problem. I'm convinced that all these, the whole gang stalking phenomenon and all that sorcery and all that stuff that happens, it's very powerful and scary. I'm convinced, though, they're recruited in ignorance. They don't realize what's going to happen, they're, 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 you know, how hard it is to get out of that. Once you're in it, never out, baby. Once out, never in. You know what I mean? It, those are like those lines are never, 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 never land. You don't get in, and you don't get out. And um, so that's basically what it is. I'm going to leave you with that. What what is the title that I have for this thing? Well. Yeah, we've gone about almost an hour. That's about, well, that's about all I could do right now. I, um,
I really don't have the, uh, you know, we're building up stamina, right? We're building up strength and stamina, and those two-hour sessions will be back again. But uh, anyway, let's keep it light. So you've got Substack to go to, which is basically the horror, the hospital horrors, supernatural. Um, and it, it's not for everybody. There's a lot of horror people. They won't touch it. They won't go near it because I'm toxic. If you're a horror guy, you got to be flashing those devil horns, you know? I flash the aloha sign. You know what I'm saying? That's the thumb and the, and the pinky finger. Aloha. Love. Right? So there's someone out there that wants to hear this. So I'm going to play it. And I will see you next time. I'm going to try to step it up. And if I can get... A two-hour session going, you know, Mazel Tov, great. I, that'd be wonderful. But uh, I want to keep it honed on uh, ignorance on this one. And, oh, yes, as far as the game this weekend, you can watch the game. I'm not telling anyone not to watch the game. Go watch the game if that's what you're inclined to do. Can you, you know, watch the game. Um, the problem I have is that uh, it's basically a parade you know for the new world order and Bud Light's now getting to come back They've, people have forgiven Dylan <laughs> Dylan Mulvaney <laughs> oh and like I, and you know, Coors Light is no, it's not as good as Bud Light. I'm not a beer drinker, so I, you know, that's what I remember from my beer drinking days. Bud Light was sort of the go-to thing when you wanted to slow down and space it between real drinks, right? And <laughs> you know, if you were going to last. And it never worked for me. I would be drunk and, uh, you know, pretty much the beer idea of spacers went out the window. I'd eat indiscriminately. I would vow the next day that I wouldn't do it again. And, um, you know, it's been a kind of a struggle, but I always justified it by saying, you know, I'm I'm a guy that's in pain. I deserve to have a little peace and happiness with, you know, eating dinner or having drink with friends of mine, talking about the good old days, which never were. But it's better than being alone, huh? Right? Well, sometimes it's not. If there's bad actors in there in your group and you're weak, best to go home. Just go home. Hey, guys, I'll see you next time. I'm just tired. I've got to go home. Go home. You know, the game everywhere in America is going to be celebrating this game. It's going to be in every TV set, sports bar, and bar 
from the west to the east coast and north to south. It's going to be everywhere. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of people cheering wildly. There's going to be people, you know, pledging their love to the girl sitting next to them and vice versa, or the boy or whatever we are, wherever we are. But you know what I'm saying? There's going to be all that. And uh, if you don't want to get involved in that, just avoid it. Tell you one thing you can do. I've enjoyed reading books. Like, you know, I was reading the Jack Reacher series. I really like that. Reading books. Um, yeah, Dostoevsky. Yeah. Reading books through Audible. When, I'm, when my eyes can't really see that well. And so the, the reading of the books with a good actor reading, boy, that's a treat. Especially when there's sound effects. It becomes radio theater, which I just love. And you just have to get into a discipline of turning the news off and getting into something that's going to enrich you, make you think. And I'll see you next time. God bless each and every one. And may the Lord protect and keep you. May the Lord protect and keep you and keep you safe, keep you from disease, from hospitals, from any life-death experiences, and keep your family safe. In Jesus' name, amen.
Oh, oh, oh.